Hello and a good day. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. Today it is important that we benefit from the Word of God every day. And those of you who are hearing this message today and who are sick in their body, you shall recover because the Word of God is health to all of your body, according to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22. When you hear the Word of God, the Word of God is a living Word. Jesus is the Word made flesh. And Jesus is still living today, praise God. Hallelujah. He is still living today. And that Word that He is, is working in your body to the degree that you allow it, to the degree that you read the Word, meditate on the Word, and act upon the Word. When you are listening to the Word of God and you're contemplating it, you're thinking about it. The Scripture says that when you are thinking on things that are above, this is what we should do. Think on things that are above, not things that are in this world and around us and on the earth. That means thinking of things spiritual related to what God says about things, what God's opinion is, what God's uh, understanding of everything is. And that can be seen in the Word of God. That is who God is, especially when you understand His character and His nature in the New Testament. So as you read the Word of God and you understand who God is, as you read the Word and read about anything, particularly about who you are in Christ, you're receiving the Word in your body and the Word is going forth and is not going to return void to the Lord. It is going to bring health to all your body. It's going to bring you a renewed mind so that you now understand the truth and not what you thought things were like before. You will understand what God's promises are and you will get revelations. You will have a better relationship with God because you will be understanding understanding the truth in the word about all different uh, circumstances and, and topics in your daily life. Amen. The, one of the benefits of the word is it is healing to all your flesh. It's healing to your body. So if your body is sick today and you're reading the word, your body is getting better because of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 22 says that the word of God is healing. It's health to all your flesh. It's health to all your body. So take advantage of the word of God today, continuing to read it morning and night and whenever you desire during the day. One of the things that helps is if you want to get rid of any nightmares or bad dreams, make sure that the Word of God is the last thing you do at night, and the last thing you read, the last thing you put into your soul, your mind, will, and emotions before you go to sleep. And the first thing in the morning, before you get up and you start your day, make sure it's the first thing that you do. Maybe you wake up and you thank the Lord that you are breathing again, that you have been given a new day to live, another day to live, and not another day to quit, but another day to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. Each of you listening today, you are born of God. Uh, who, Each of you today who are believers, you are born of God, and you have overcome the world. And the victory that overcomes the world is your faith, according to First John 5, Verse 4, that's First John chapter 5, verse 4. You have overcome the world. You have overcome 
the situations in your life that you thought there was no victory in. And the victory that overcomes the world is your faith, your faith in God, your faith where you trust the Lord. You trust the Lord with everything that you have in all your circumstances and everything you're going through. It is your faith in God that gets you through situations and allows you to understand how to decide what to do in those situations. Each of you listening are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Each of you listening today that are believers, you've given your life to Jesus, you received him as your savior and your Lord. You confess him as Lord. You believe that God raised him from the dead. You're saved. You're predestined though to be conformed to the image of Jesus. It's Romans chapter 8 verse 29. The image of the Lord. Conform to the image, the nature and the character of God. Growing up into Jesus every day with your understanding of, of, of the Lord. Your understanding of the word of God. And understanding of who you are in Christ. Your identity, which is what we've been talking about a lot in the last 10 or 12 weeks. Each of you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And that comes from the 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 21. As a warrior in the body of Christ, you will never accept defeat. You will never quit. You will never leave a fallen comrade. You are God's son. You are man's servant. And you are the devil's master. And... uh you are a warrior in the body of Christ. You are part of God's army. You are a son of, or daughter of the Most High God. But the Bible says that God is a God of war. And he has already won the fight against evil. Jesus has won the fight against all uh, things not of the Lord, all darkness. But now God gets the opportunity to indwell the believer and for that believer to be obedient to the Lord and to do the same works and greater as Jesus did. Because remember, Jesus went to the Father, the Comforter came, that's the Holy Spirit. Now God dwells in us. The Trinity dwells in our temples, in our bodies. In Yes, praise the Lord, in Jesus' name. And so you are a warrior because you carry Jesus wherever you go. You carry the Holy Spirit, you carry the Father. And when you see someone sick, you command life, you lay hands on them, and they get healed because it's the Father that does the works through you. Just as Jesus said, it's not me uh, that does the works, but my Father does the works through me. You are a warrior today. You will never accept defeat if you are a true warrior. You will not quit. You will keep going. And today, it's important that Christ strengthens you. Jesus Christ strengthens you. And uh, you have all you need. You have all you need to go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. For God is with you. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. You are a chosen race according to First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people for his own possession. You're God's own possession today. And what does it feel like to be a son of God? 
where you might say, well, I don't think I'm a son of God. I feel like I'm, that, that Jesus was the son of God and I'm just, uh, I just gave my life to him. But the moment you gave your life to Jesus, you may not have felt anything. It's not a feeling thing. It's when you maybe uh, have gotten a job before and you'll be given a specific position in a company or maybe you had a promotion. You you uh, may have been given an authority in your local area to take part and take care of some issues in your local area where you live. You may have been given something like that, and you didn't feel anything at the time you were appointed that position. But you were given that authority, you were given that accountability, responsibility to to do those things. You didn't feel a thing, but nevertheless, you became that new, uh, that person with that new role. And so the same thing is with becoming a son of God. You, You are given a position in God's family as a son or a daughter. And you, uh, that comes with an inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. And every spiritual blessing has been given to you in heavenly places. Every, every God, every a promise of God has been given to you. And so, um, there's lots to rejoice about, as we sometimes say. Uh, but the reason, as we look at the verse nine of first Peter chapter two, the reason that you are a chosen race, you, the reason you, that you are a royal priesthood, that God has positioned you in uh, these roles, and uh, is that that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what verse 9 finishes by saying in the ESV. So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him, the goodness of him who called you out of darkness, he called you. He chose you, remember that. And he wanted to call you out of the darkness, out of the old life that we used to have before we came to Jesus. When we were mere heathen, we were yet to be born again, right? And we were called out of darkness by the grace and the mercy of the Lord. And as soon as we gave our life to Jesus, as soon as we made that decision, God took us from out of the darkness into his marvelous light. But the reason we are now a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, is that we may, may proclaim the excellencies of him. We may go about and telling people about Jesus, about the Father, about how good God is, what God has done in your life, and that you may tell people about that so that they may listen to the truth because your testimony, as we've said before, is very powerful. Amen. So we need to we need to proclaim the goodness and the excellencies of God wherever we go, because He is good, and He loves the person that you're talking to in front of you. He loves them, and He wants to speak to them, and He wants you to be used by Him to speak to them. He wants to speak a word of knowledge to you to tell them. Uh, something perhaps. He wants to give you a word of encouragement for them, to lift them up, to give them hope. And so there's the Holy Spirit within you uh, is able to hear everything that God wants to communicate to the person in front of you so that you may open your lips and just speak. Amen. And you may not always 
understand what you're about to say. You may not hear what you're about to say to them. But just start off by saying, you know, God really loves you. And by the time you've gotten to those three or four words, you'll have a second sentence. And then you'll have a third sentence. And so it will go on because you're focusing on what God wants for them, not what you want out of the uh, situation yourself. So we're looking, uh, continuing on from last week today in Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, verse 1 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. And we all know where that, what we did in the past. And uh, those things are in the past. God wants us to keep them in the past. And God does not want to bring them up again. He doesn't want to bring up your sins. Remember the Bible says that God, it doesn't say that God forgot your sins. It says that God doesn't remember them. He chose not to remember them. Uh, somebody may have committed a crime against you. You can never really forget the crime took place, but you could decide not to keep bringing it up to the person who sinned against you and committed the crime against you. And that's called righteousness. Amen? Why would you dig up someone's past or why would you dig up your own past when God has paid for your future and your today? Uh, in him and there is much work to be done in the kingdom and uh, for the kingdom i should say but there's much work to be done on the earth so that the kingdom of god is established here on the earth just as jesus taught his disciples in the lord's prayer to pray that thy will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven and the key part about that verse is that god's will is not automatically done on the earth as it is in heaven. If you look at heaven, everything is perfect. If you look at the earth, not everything is perfect. There is a lot of bad stuff going on. So why would Jesus say to his disciples that you need to pray this? Well, because if there wasn't a need to pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, that would mean that God's will is automatically done on the earth and the earth would look exactly like heaven. So there must be uh, the reason for Jesus telling his disciples to pray that prayer is because it's not automatic and the, the will of the Lord has to come to the earth. That's what the desire, that's what God wants us to establish upon the earth by his power, by his spirit, but by us preaching the gospel and doing the gospel with signs and wonders. So we are his ambassadors. We are the ambassadors of Christ upon this earth. That's who we are. And we get to go about doing good, telling people about Jesus, doing good, healing all. And you say, well, but we're not the healer. You're right. We're not, we're not the ones that heal. But we are the ones who co-labor with God, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. We are co-laborers with God. That means we are partners with him. And where we go, he goes, because remember, God indwells us. So when we go to the, sh the shop, he goes to the shop with us. When he, we go home, he goes home with us. When we go from the kitchen to the living room or the kitchen to the bedroom, he goes with us. He really is stuck in our body. And what God wants to do is to flow through you to others so that he can bring others out of darkness and into his marvelous light, according to 
the scriptures that we spoke earlier. You see, don't bring up your past. The devil will always try and bring up your past and remind you, you remember, you have not changed. You remember those things you did. You haven't changed. Just because you got born again, you think you changed, but really there's no change. The devil's a liar. You have changed. You have become a new creation, according to the Bible, when you become born again. Old things have passed away. Passed away means that they're gone. They've gone, they're gone and they are not going to be reestablished anymore. That's the past and God doesn't live in time. God is outside of time. He lives with us, inside of us, but he's outside of time. So he doesn't live in the past and not in the future. He's outside of it all. He sees it all, but he lives outside of it. He doesn't want to think about our past because our our focus for the Lord is what we're going to do with his word and his commandments in the next hour. Not what we used to, what we sins we committed in the past, what we're going to be doing five years from now. God is concerned about the next minute, the next hour, the current day. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today. Remember Jesus said in Matthew 6, tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing, Jesus said, also in Matthew chapter 6. But if in Ephesians chapter 2, we are realizing that it says here, verse 1, uh, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So the key there is that we once walked in them, that we're no longer walking in the in the uh, walking in uh, trespasses and sins. We shouldn't be. If we still have a tendency to do that, what we need to do is repent. Repent is to uh, turn 180 degrees in the other direction, 180 degrees, and and don't look back. After you turn and focus on the Lord's face, you continue to do the Lord's will. You continue to not sin, and God's grace is sufficient. If you focus on Him, then, and you focus on His Word, meditate on His Word, the temptation to repeat that sin will diminish. It will get smaller and smaller and smaller. And the enemy may still come up and tempt you with that sin to try to get you to to continue to be dead in the trespasses and sins. But if you are in Christ, if you focus on the Lord, if you continue to pray to God and to spend time with Him every day, then you will find that the sting of sin, the temptation of sin, is going to be completely weakened and eliminated and removed from your life. Amen. And that is the power of the Spirit uh, of life in Christ Jesus. That's the power of the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And uh, Jesus has delivered you, God has delivered you from the law of sin and of death, according to Romans 8. So that's much to be rejoicing about again today with that victory that you are now experiencing that Jesus already completed for you. Um, The end of verse 1 says, uh, trespasses and sins, verse 2, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And we we talked about this a little bit before, but it's worth going over uh, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2, the book of Ephesians in general, because it is 
the letters of uh, Paul. It was a letter from Apostle Paul to the book, uh, to the church at, at Ephesus, to the Ephesians, and allowing them to realize who they now are in Christ, who they were, and who they are now. And he's just here talking about uh, being, you, were, being, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Um, and he's telling everyone at, at the church of Ephesus what actually happened. And, and because a lot of us, when we grow up and we're committing sin, we don't know what's going on. I believed when I was committing sin um, before I came to Jesus that there, I wasn't really involved with the devil. It was just white lies, um, you know, bad things, doing bad things. But, you know, I always was told if you don't kill anyone, then you'll go to heaven. But that's a lie. It's got nothing to do with that. You shouldn't kill, obviously, but it's got nothing to do with going to heaven. You have to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord and believe God raised him from the dead and uh, confess him as Lord, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 in order to be saved. So there's a lot of um, misunderstanding in the world about God, a lot of misunderstanding about getting to heaven. And um, the enemy, the devil Satan, is continuing to push these lies in the world so that as many people as possible would not make it to heaven and will go with him to hell, where he belongs, but where people shouldn't be going. People should be reconciled back to God, redeemed, because that's what God paid for through his son, Jesus, by going to the cross, shedding that blood for us all. So you can see here in verse 3, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Verse 4, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him, verse 6, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That's a very important point. You cannot get into heaven by your performance on the earth, how well you did, how many people did you uh, give money to, um, did you kill anyone? Um, how much did you know, donate to the church? How much was in your offering basket? Um, how much did you put in there? No, none of that will count at all. It's not anything to do with works. And that's what that verse is talking about. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. So if it's not a result of what you do, then you can't boast about that. You cannot boast that you're going to get to heaven because of what you do, because it's got nothing to do with what you do and your performance on the earth. It's got to do with your relationship with Jesus, believing in Jesus, and knowing that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Amen? And it says, verse 10, For we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, on one hand, we see that we will not be saved by works, but God has prepared works on the earth beforehand. He already created them beforehand so that we would walk in them and should walk in them, verse uh, 10 says. There are works on the earth for us to walk in. We need to be going about doing good, healing all, all who were oppressed and are oppressed of the devil, for God is with us. There's plenty of work to do. As you look around you and you look at the situations on your streets, in people's lives, we need to pray for them. We need to speak life. We need to decree and declare God's promises over your um, your streets, your local uh, city, your suburbs, and those things. Uh, you need to be the ambassador for Christ in your in the corner of your street uh, or your entire road right there where you live. You can say, no murder shall be committed in this area in the name of Jesus. Everyone who lives in my area shall live and not die from any sickness. They shall live and they shall not be in poverty. They shall not be in sickness or disease, but they shall be healthy. They shall be strong and they shall come to know the Lord Jesus. They shall come to know his goodness and they shall, uh, Lord, I thank you for salvations for my area of this street. I thank you for uh, no strife in behind these doors, in these houses, in these places of residence, in these homes. Thank you, Lord. No arguments. Thank you, Lord, for peace in people's lives, peace in their families, but salvations, redemptions in people's hearts to give their life to you, Jesus, so that they may be taken out of the darkness and into your marvelous light. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's just an example. You can decree and declare that over the street that you live on. Uh, we are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash touchofgodradio. Our website is touchofgodradio.org. And if you need pr prayer, you can email us at touchofgodradio at gmail.com. Touchofgodradio at gmail.com. And today, again, I speak life and health over you from head to toe. Sickness and the d disease be gone from your body. I come on life to every cell, every bone, tendon, ligament, joint, and muscle in Jesus' name. Be healed, be whole in Jesus' name. Stomachs be whole. Stomachs be cleansed. Stomachs be healed. Colon be healed. Intestines be healed. Malaria be gone. Typhoid be gone. Hepatitis, be gone. HIV, be gone from these people's bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. And you all have a blessed week. God bless you.